Welcome to episode two of the Weenie Crew podcast. I am your host, Scott Howarth, and today we have our first guest of the series who's a touring sound engineer, but has also got an app coming out that we just can't wait to talk about. That app is called FUP. But before we get into that little chat with Stefano, I'm going to give you a quick update with what's been going on this week. So Weenie Crew officially launched on the 12th of October, and the response has been absolutely incredible. If you haven't already seen the latest announcement, which, to be honest, would surprise me because this artist's post on Instagram alone has been viewed over 1.7 million times so far. And what I'm talking about is Niall Horan's very special live stream show at London's Royal Albert Hall. That show is happening on the 7th of November and tickets for that show go on sale today, which is the 16th of October. If you want to purchase a ticket for this, head on over to the Weenie Crew website and at the checkout, you can also donate a little bit if you would like to Weenie Crew. So all the profits from this show are going to Niall's touring crew. Also a portion is going to Weenie Crew and there's also a portion going to AIST, which is an Irish charity that's working to help that crew there as well. This event will not be available on demand afterwards. It's strictly a live stream, so make sure you get your tickets. Check out all the socials, including Niles, to see what it's all about. So in regards to the podcast as well, we are going to be releasing now every Friday. We have special guests lined up. We have all sorts coming for you. If you would like to come on or if you'd like to have a chat with me or if you have a story that you would like to share, then please get in touch. And the way to get in touch is community at weeniecrew.co.uk. But for now, sit back, relax, listen to our chat with Stefano and learn all about his new app, FOP. Welcome to the Weenie Crew podcast. Today we're doing a little interview and we have Stefano today with us. He's a live sound engineer and he's also an app creator. So Stefano, welcome to the Weenie Crew podcast. Well, thanks very much. Yeah. I was going to say your last name, but it's it, it sound, it's not exotic, but there's no way I can roll myself like that. So if you <laughs> want to tell us what your full name is. My name is uh, Stefano Serpagli. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's my, my Mediterranean Italian That's nice. Heritage. So, welcome to the podcast. We're gonna today. We're nice. gonna dig into a little bit about who you are, what's been going on with you, and most importantly, you've got a very nice app coming out soon, haven't you? I do. Yeah. So, Stefano, if you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing, uh, so yeah, uh, fan of house and monitor engineer. Um, uh, been doing that since late 90s so 97 is when I started oh you've been doing it a while then. yeah and um, started off a sound engineering course a little bit of theatre a bit of local crewing and then uh, um, basically learned the ropes and then got snapped up by Entec Sound and Lights right nice know, and then just kind of progressed nice through them all. they were sort of you know they were the company I sort of grew up in mm-hmm. uh, in you know professionally and in many ways. <laughs> so you so you started with um a te- so you started with an educational background in it all. You started with a course. I did, yeah. So it was a, a city and guilds course at City of Westminster College, uh, and it was a two part course. There was a live part and then the recording part. I was not that interested in the recording, so I went straight for the live. Right. Uh, did I didn't f- even realise they did that stuff in, the, in like the nineties. No, and it was. Um, I mean, it was. It was a fairly basic course, you know, like, and they had some equipment there and some PA and, but it just gave you, at least it gave you the basics, you know, and, and then, um, uh, but the best thing was, is uh, I was 18 at the time right. and they did this mad kind of um, discount thing where basically like I pay for the whole, if you're under 19, which you could pay right, for the whole yeah. course for a tenner. That's <laughs> wicked, yeah. I did a, yeah, a whole year's course for for 10 quid. So how, how long was the course? It was only a year. So, uh, and then uh, I had the option of doing a second year, but I was so desperate. To, I, I just, all I wanted to do is work in live music since I went to my first gig. Amazing. Like, that's, that's me. The recording yeah. stuff, you know, wasn't that interested in, but like just the live stuff. So what, what was the first gig that got you, got you going? 
Well, my f- my, the first show I ever went to was uh, Donington 94, Monsters of Rock. I mean, that's a, that's a show to go to. Was that ACDC Metallica, was it? No, it was, was it um, no, it was the uh, Aerosmith, oh. uh, but it was Pantera, Sepultura. Oh. Right, so it's, it's the, yeah, the birth of like the heavier rock as such, the that's new it, modern, yeah. before new metal. That's right. That's where I was. Yeah. You know, I'm 36 now, so I grew up in the new metal era. Right. My first show was Deftones. Wow. I got battered. <laughs> and I went, I like this. Exactly. That was the I same like this. for me. I want to be behind that thing back there, but I'm enjoying this. Exactly. Yeah. Because the, the next one was Slayer at Brixton Academy and then <laughs> it was just like mosh pit. But I was always, a, I, I remember looking at the, you know, the, the front of house booth and with like you know, sort of curiosity and was going, oh, what's going on? And then doing like, people doing changeovers and yep. stuff like that. That was a thing like gripped me. And then all of a sudden you just had this, like just ear bleeding sounds you know like yeah and 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 it, you know and, i'm getting goosebumps now as you talk about oh, it oh man it's like, just like for me there's there's nothing like live music and yeah. live music can it can win you over or it can lose you on an artist yeah and that's why it's so important we can sit back and listen to the new single by an artist or whatever yeah. um but when you just when you're just in that environment that deftones gig chino the singer was horrific he was drunk. It was horrific, right? But it doesn't matter because the environment that they created yeah. was just incredible. Yeah. So that's that's for me. That's what live music's yeah. about. So I'm not surprised that when you saw your first gig, you were like, right, I want to do that. Yeah, and no, I, I was hooked. And then it gave me a path, you know. Like it gave. It was like that. that that's it. And then when when I did I did some work experience at Lillian Bailey's Theatre, and and it got me to do sound like just do um. Like just fade in some, you know, sound effects on cassette. Yeah, like, you know, on cassette. I know, I know yeah. That you know. Go on, now then. we're really going back, you know, and uh, and it was great. I loved it because they gave me a script and he said, okay, fade that in, you know, fade that out. Yeah, you know, I was only a little, little kid, you know, and then um, and then after that, like um, the technical manager said, like, okay, I'm gonna do a bit of work, and then I was just like dropped out of my A levels because I, I just knew I was just like I. I if it gives me a path to to go in that's it yeah down there and then did a course and then off you go from there and then I, you know you link up with as it goes it just snowballs doesn't it eventually it does yeah that's great so th- we, you discussed about uh starting how how has the job role changed for you then because you obviously didn't start just being a front house engineer no. so you started did you say you mentioned you was local crew for a little bit going yeah. into yeah literally so i did about six months local crew and then there you kind of get the scope I, it's not for everyone but i enjoyed the fact that you were just mucking in with lots of different things not just sound yep. you know like and and just the interaction with the whole product you know as with the whole production um and just kind of the mental you know the load ins and load outs and people shouting yeah. and you know all that kind of stuff i think like i, I built my first layer of skin there oh massively sure. yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then, but I always asked to be, you know, sort of included in sound crew. And then there I learned to like, you know, start learning motors, you know, plugging a few speakers in and stuff like that. And just, and it just gives you a bit of a base. Uh, And then, you know, from then sort of hooking, you know, then you start meeting people who work for companies. So that's where I met. That's it, building your network. TFI Friday, I think it was, and Entake were looking after then. And Chris Trimby, who was the monitor engineer at the time, took me under his wing. Mm -hmm. Uh, in, and then introduced me to the guys at Entech. Went up to the yards, said, "Look, you know, any work, throw it this way." I was living completely the opposite side of town, so right. I used to go in for like no money, but I just again, it was a way in. Yep. And then just progressively went from there. So you learn about PA, you know, start doing PA and stage patching, you know, anything like Lumi, you know, all the all yep. the basics that I think a lot of some engineers don't really go through. No, you know, big time. Some of them go straight from like pretty much studio, so they don't really get privy to, you know, the heart, the full process. There's so, I feel there's so many different ways into it, especially yeah. into the role because I I do the same role. I'm a monitor engineer as well, yeah. and I came from DIY. I did it all myself, all right. the way up, and I never joined a PA company of the level that you did. But yeah. I worked for PA companies, but it was more just like little shows here and there. Yeah, and yeah. then I I started straight away with touring with right. with, with touring bands. Yeah. So it's interesting to find different ways that you come in and come out sometimes That's it. so we're going to talk a little bit about this year 2020 what a year right? <laughs> what a year the year yeah some say to forget but yeah. i have a different opinion about it fantastic i yeah. do too yeah i do too i think as much as it is a hardship for us i think yeah. we should be able to come out with this a little bit wiser if anything because what we've done for for years now from the 90s yeah. we've um kind of kept a structure and we know where it fits and just to throw a spanner in the work sometimes yeah. that makes us better but it doesn't sometimes I think it always makes us better so 
how has it impacted your schedule from this year? How was your schedule looking from March onward? So um, basically for the last, well, it's nearly 10 years now, uh, I had uh, I had a boy, so I'm a, I'm a uh, single dad with a nine-year-old. Right. And that was my cue to stop full-time touring yeah. and actually get into something else. So back then uh, I knew uh, my friend Anne Carr, who's now at Modest Management, who was working on X Factor, and he sort of hooked me up with uh, a TV company there, it was Plus 4 Audio. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, you know, I, I need to do some more local, st- I want to do something more local, you know, TV sounds good, you know, it's music-based, you know, like I can, you know, and they were looking for sort of front-of-house engineers that had a good roster of, you yeah. know, a good front-of-house engineers. So I've been doing a, a mix of telly, more telly and less touring. But in the last couple of years, I got back into uh, into a bit of touring. I got the job uh, with Dido doing monitors. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, we can flip-flop between the two. It's, it's brilliant. It all fitted. And this year was great. I do the Voice UK. I yep. do front of house on that, uh, which I've been doing for years. And that fitted around the Dido stuff. She was going out uh, from April onwards. And, uh, yeah, all of a sudden it was just like basically uh, we shut shop. We, we were filming the, uh, the the Voice series and that finished two weeks early. So right. it, we didn't even get to finish the series. And then uh, all the, the Dido stuff and any of the other live stuff that I'd booked obviously completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, much like everything else. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, it, it doesn't look like it's even sort of coming back. There's, you know, there's... It completely sort of disrupted a a, a, a nice flow of a of a two year contract. Yep. So, uh, so even the TV was disrupted straight away yeah. with with this whole epidemic that's going on. Yeah, and has that has that started to creep back in now with the TV stuff? Because obviously we're seeing things like Britain's Got Talent on TV now and stuff like that. So is it starting to creep back a little bit with the TV world? Yeah. Well, TV have actually been really proactive in the process and just tried from the start to try and make things happen now it's obviously different from them because they can still operate without an audience mm-hmm. you know so limited studio crew so i'm back on the voice now and have you know figured out a way to do it without audience and still have the live elements so there's still a live band the live coaches the live performances yeah and but just kind of zoom audience and they're sure. sort of experimenting with, with all of that and, how, and it's working really well, actually. How has it changed with for, with the production for that? Is the production scaled back any anymore with the with the personnel? Yeah. So that's. I mean, the, the proviso is that you that they'd worked out with all the COVID regulations that you can only have a certain amount of people in the studio at any given time. They all have to wear masks unless you're performing. So I've had to scale back on at least. I think each department, on average, about. Five or six people, I think. Right, okay. So uh, it just had to be, you know, streamlined back. Now, TV is quite generous with, you know, the the amount of people involved. Sure. You know, it's uh, compared to, you know, touring. And oh, that's yeah, always yeah. been the thing, you know. Yeah, you seven, turn up seven at jobs TV studios. One, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like there's... Um, but even even that's been scaled back. So there's a, there's a little bit there as well um, when you're saying that they're quite generous. There's a, there's a thing that we're going to talk about in a little bit with your app where... I don't want to dig into it too much, but when you sign right. up to the app, you give people an option to list what they, their job role is. And you right. give them four options. And for me, as a sound, as touring sound engineer, I'm like, well, you know, I'm a team maker. I'm a <laughs> crumpet selector. Yeah. You know, you kind of do everything. So it's kind of like there's so many different job roles. Yeah. So it's good that even though it's reduced in TV, you're still getting to do the stuff that is that is correct and it's not too reduced that you're having to take upon. You're not taking on multiple roles now, are you? Yeah. You just it's just scale back a little bit. It, it's it's scale back, although, yeah, there's a, 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 an element of multitasking. You know, you, 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 I, I think that will come into play more in the live side of things, and and then in TV, it was just it was just try let's try and do it with less people because that that was the the requirement. Mm-hmm. You know, just just more for safety, yeah, safety rather than anything. So it's not so although it's been impacted quite a lot from the start of March. Right now, it seems to go back to normality for you because you're not in the in less of the touring sense, but more mm. in the broadcast sense. Yeah. That's it's coming back to normality a little bit, isn't it? It's, yeah. I mean, yeah, normality <laughs> is a big word. Yeah, the, <laughs> the size says it I all mean, there, really. I mean, to go to work and we've got, we've got to wear masks, you know, it's like wearing masks 24-7, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. 
and it's just a small price to pay really because uh, just basically one of the you know me and 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 some of my colleagues uh, got, uh, uh, other sort of um colleagues who do live stuff as well and we just feel like same with the bands attention's bands mm -hmm. on the voice we just all feel so lucky you know just because we're actually able to work yeah it's not a huge amount you know it's like a couple of weeks here and there but still you know like it's it's more than more than most people out it's, there can it's get, keeping you, know? you back into the industry and it's keeping exactly. your foot in that door and it's keeping you working a little bit no, ma yeah. no matter if it's reduced or not you're still doing something yeah. with it all yeah so what we're looking at here i was going to say so what's what what's going to be your focus when say like live events do come back are you are you looking to introduce live touring back or do you think by the time it comes back you're kind of going to be real sedimented into into the broadcast side of it now so when the touring does come back uh personally i like the mix mm -hmm. i like the a little bit of this bit of both yeah because i think both can get to you and i actually um advise people as much as possible and now I've, I think now it shows more than ever to just go look. You know, I know you've got the your regular sources of work, and I think a lot of people come out of COVID with a different mentality towards their their work and where they get the work from. Yep. And just kind of not having to spread themselves thin, but actually sort of just diversify a little bit. You know. Yeah, massively. Yeah. You know, and and at least I always advise people to have three. Just say like on average about like three main clients. Mm -hmm. Say like one main one for the year another kind of reasonable one and then say gap fillers something that you can come in and out of yeah and if they come into different areas so if you don't and it could be like live and tv but it could be like corporate mm -hmm. theater you yep. know um whatever you know just kind of just go out you know go out and and actually just yeah just diversify a little bit because it's just it, you know it's, it's kind of a it's a survival thing that you know, any, in fact, any sort of business out yeah. there, you know, like everyone has to always has to look out for if your, if your stream comes from one source and that stops you, exactly, you're putting yourself, there's no redundancy there, you know, there about yeah. you know, so you have to, you have to kind of just a bit, bit of a balancing act and, a, and an eye towards the future. Well, I think, I think the nature of live music anyway, let's talk about live music yeah. was, being a sound engineer in live music, you yeah. kind of had to diversify a little bit anyway. Yes. You know, as we were saying, sometimes you have to take on more than one job role. But at the same time, being a monitor engineer, mm. you're typically as well sending out the stems for the broadcast. Yeah. Or someone sat in the truck yeah. watching the broadcast. I've done working for an artist where we go do TV. Mm. And instead of being a front of house guy at a TV, you're, yeah. you're in the booth and the broadcast. So you're looking yeah. after that. So you do have to diversify anyway. And it's just adding that that string to the bow, as they say, mm. the old saying. Yeah. And you've got to constantly work on that. And especially now with the live streaming. Oh my yeah. God. I mean, look at how many live streams are going on now. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's become a bit of a lifeline to, yeah, or, or just, it's an alternative that maybe wouldn't have been explored as much if, you know, COVID hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. So then in future, it's a bit like, you know, in football, you know, the, like, like when live streaming first started, and we're like, oh, you know, people ain't going to want to watch you know they're, they're not going to want to go to the stadiums and sure enough stadiums are still full and all that oh, kind yeah, of stuff yeah. and i think it'll be the same in live music it just gives you that extra alternative yeah i yeah. think i think we need to craft that especially as sound engineers Absolutely. just just speaking in that experience we do need to craft that a little bit more and understand that this is now part of our future yeah. part of our future in it all yeah i i also i've got a few little notes here that i wanted to wanted to say and a little bit of positivity in in the way and sure. um it's that when when live events do come back, right? Let's just say Miss Dido phones you tomorrow. Yeah, Stefano, we're going out tomorrow, and we're the best. I think we're the best in the industry to do things at short notice. So yes. look how fast these live streams kind of happen. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; there's still a long way to go with them. But some artists, there's an artist I know in Australia that I've been doing pyro and lights and everything for for a stream. And they, yeah. I think they call it live in your bedroom or something. Yeah. It's like oof, we're quick, we're quick, like when we need to be, and I think that's going to be the, I think that's going to be the step. I'm always, I've always got a bag packed, and oh my god, oh, that bag's been packed for seven months now. I don't know what's in there anymore. <laughs> exactly. I don't know about you, but Whether like, you fit in the clothes. Oh my you know, no, I, don't, I have two bags. I have my, so I have two uh, toiletry bags, mm -hmm. I have my own stuff, and then I have my touring stuff. And to the point where I kept buying home stuff, restocking my home stuff. I'm like, why am I, why am I doing that? That stuff in the bag is not being used now. It's not been used for nine months. <laughs> no. 
What are you playing at, Scott? Thing. Go and use that. Stop spending money. You can't spend money right now, Scott. No, no, it's streamline. Yeah, you've got to, you know, you've got to streamline as much as you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we've talked about you being a live sound engineer, mm. you've got a very, very exciting, I'd say new project, but it's not new for you, is it? It's new for us. It is, yeah. It's nearly three years in the making for me. That's since, incredible. Since the first sketch you know just a little bit of paper with the idea about five years with the the initial idea but yeah wow that's that's a long long time really yeah. i mean to to get into development so you've obviously sat down and thought about it a little bit it's not just a quick i i wasn't sure if it was a a thing that happened when the industry went down in march mm. i thought oh maybe he's done this and i thought wow, that's a massive quick turnaround yeah. but it's not and what we're talking about is an app that you've created yeah. or it's not. It's way more than an app, isn't it? Yes. Way more than an app, but it's called FUP. So if you'd like to tell us a little bit about FUP and what, what does FUP stand for? So FUP is, uh, so the acronym stands for Freelancers Unifying Project Platform. Uh, and it's basically, it's a um, freelance connection and job management system. Mm -hmm. But it's, and it's app-based. Yep. Uh, and, but it runs very much like a, like a members club. So the idea is to, uh, unify the industry and bring the the word of mouth the current word of mouth system that we use and put it into a, a digital format so with regards to connections uh, job opportunities job posting sharing all that kind of stuff which uh, which that part of the industry has not been not been digital as it for a while no it's very much still analog actually yeah it's sense, it's considering <laughs> considering how technologically advanced our industry is that's been left behind because we're all about well, we're all about meetings we're all about shaking hands exactly and everything like that aren't we and knowing people and that is great so it and it works you know it's it, it's uh the, 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 there's a trust and uh and a, and a consistency within the actual system of actually um building your 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 professional connections and your circles or, or bubbles as we refer to them in on the app mm -hmm. and, and basically go because you know when you know you pick up connections along the way and then you find the people that you just you know you work really well with or they're really good or you know or just you know just you get a vibe for and then you want to give them the continuity and they, if they enjoy working with you yep. then it's a it's a two-way process and then they can recommend people it's like, okay you know such and so i work really well with such and such and it and it starts you you, you start to create your, your your professional bubbles and to try and do it in a different way in our industry uh it's just it's just, it would just be too big a change and i don't think it's necessary what, what is necessary is that the the kind of the fragmentation of it all when and and the process of still using you know emails and texting and you know it's, it's very laborious and very time yeah. consuming so the idea was and and the idea came to me because i'm you know I, I, at the time so about five years ago I used to do a lot of pop stuff and uh you know, you pick up, and especially not touring, trying to do like little bits here, there, and everywhere. And I was a bit of a fixer for for sound engineers, for you know, tour managers as well. So, you know, do you know somebody mm. such and such? Yep. And it just used to drive him mental. You know, like just trying to find somebody. A job comes in tomorrow. So, oh, can you can you can we get an engineer? Like we we need desperately need an engineer tomorrow. We need somebody there. We need. Some. You go through your little black book. Exactly, and and that was just me. And then you talk to production and tour managers, producers, whatever, and they're like, you know, it's like that time saying, you know, they, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, somebody wants to put a promo gig up, and then they need a whole entourage. So I said, okay, well, there, there's got to be a better way of doing things. So that's when I started doing the research and seeing what was out there and what wasn't and how it all works. And it actually took a, a while to do to do this properly, to get the picture of how the industry and how the connections work and how the fact that we don't use things like LinkedIn. Okay, we've got some Facebook groups and all that kind of stuff, but yep. they're just all a bit, you know, it's all a bit open and that's not right, very yep. discreet. Uh, you know, it, and that's not what we need. You know, when we approach people for jobs, it's a, it's very much a one-to-one -one process. Yep. And you want to find out just basic information. So are you available? This is the information. And you want it, the first thing you want to know is flag your availability and go, yep, I'm good. And then give the person the opportunity. So if somebody else is online to actually choose without any kind of, you know, sort of feeling like you're letting anyone else down. It's just kind of... Um, uh, making that process easier, faster, and and actually kind of following the same discretion mm -hmm. that a one-to-one, -one, you know, person-to-person approach gets. And we're just 
basically that's our aim for the for the app and for the club. Uh, I think it's nothing but a good thing, to be honest with you. So when we talked a little bit about us before we went live on air, and you yeah. said there's a process to yes. be vetted. So when you talked a little bit about Facebook groups and um, different things like LinkedIn, yeah. There's not really any vetting there, is there? You can join a group, post anything you like. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a vetting process as such that when you sign up to registration, you either come through a body code, as you like to call it, yeah. or you come in and then you go through your vetting system. Yeah, so to explain sort of the different types of membership. So uh, we have uh, the FUPPers, okay. who are the freelancers and people who need to um, sign up and want to you know, be connected and receive jobs and pitch their availability and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, the suppliers who okay. are service suppliers, uh, hire companies, and then anyone who's a business who hires freelancers for jobs. Mm-hmm. And they want the ability to, you know, connect to freelancers, post the jobs and actually have, you know, okay. and, and start use. And then we have the what, what we call the motherfuckers. All right, okay, I did see this, yeah. Because <laughs> it's we look. I, I looked at it and went, this is not a two-way market, mm-hmm. like you know, renters and you know, re- there's a lot of that going on. Okay, you have the renters and you have people who. Look. There's there's a, a kind of a third entity. There's actually others, but uh, the motherfuckers are your tour managers, production managers, uh, producers, right. just team builders, and they're kind of they sit in between the two. And they're actually, I, I, I think they're the kingpins mm-hmm. of the whole industry. Oh, massively. They're, they're, they're literally just, yeah, the pivotal point of things going from a concept yep. or an idea to a thing. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that go, right, we're going to do, you know, management will go up and go, okay, we need to do this. And yep. they're the first ones to kind of go, in, okay, well. We'll get Most of the time as well, especially when a production manager comes onto a job, a new job, the cr- they bring a crew with them. So, exactly. so people can be replaced in that instance, can't they? Exactly. Yeah. So they're kind of the 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 the, the third. So it's a, it's a three way thing, mm-hmm. and um and based on that, we we sort of based the 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 club system and and the memberships among that. So basically, uh, we're going to start because it's a brand new thing. We're still in beta, and it's literally our first outing. Uh, we need to be careful as to like uh, how we sort of uh, expand the invitations, but also we need to protect the members themselves. So what you know that once you're in, the only people that are going to be signed up to the club are industry professionals. This is only for yep. live events and TV industries. And how do you vet those people to know, especially for the fuppers? Yeah. How do you know that that's what they're doing? Do you, ch- do you ask for a CV? Do you ask for background checks or anything like that? No. Well, so what we're going to do is uh, the first crowd is going to be an invited crowd by suppliers. So we invite, we target suppliers and tour managers and all the entities. Okay. And we basically onboard them because we know, you know, obviously we know who they are. And yep. and then we ask them to uh, onboard their crowd of freelancers. Mm-hmm. And then, so we've created a system called uh, the Fuck Buddy Code. Okay. <laughs> so basically they get invited from them. And then if they get an invitation from there, they get instantly vouched because okay. we know that they come, they've come from, from a reliable source. From a reliable source. And they get instantly connected with them within the app. So they have a starting point. And then once they're in, they feel free to connect with other people and other, other, you know, it, th- there's a user directory there and you mm-hmm. go, and then it's very much kind of LinkedIn, you know, you just go, okay, connects or, or like Facebook, you know, you, you ask for a connection. Once you're connected, then you can message and you can be part of their, you know, their bubbles and all that kind of stuff. And this yep. is all kind of early days of, of that system. Uh, whereas fuppers who haven't been invited in, they can still register and they can still put the credentials in. And then what we do is uh, we're just going to start releasing uh, batches of memberships uh, based on, yeah, we'll just uh, either contact them or just all we need to check is that basically they're part of the industry. Sure. There's no elitist thing going on yep. here. Yep. Everyone's welcome as long as they, you know, they can prove they're in the industry. But what we wanted to do is keep all the, uh, any spammers or anyone who's not part of the industry mm-hmm. out of this thing. Because if there's one thing that COVID has made us realise is that we're pretty much, we're our own oh, massively, entity yeah. here. Massively. And let's not, I won't get into the, the kind of the, the, the government lack of recognition mm-hmm. and help or from any other sources. We're in this together, basically. We are. And things like FUB are, is going to be one of, the th- one of the things there's many of us coming up like we need crew and mm-hmm. many other initiatives that are coming through the door TGA and 
uh, and many other things, which are basically going to go, right, okay, let's all gather around and let's get into one space mm-hmm. and then we can t- start interacting and, and do things our way in yep. a way that's sustainable for us. And then, you know, and, and, and just give people a sense of belonging as well, which we're desperately needed. I mean, up till now, it's been a very fragmented uh, very fragmented industry, yep. you know, everywhere, lots of isolated things going on mm-hmm. and productions and people very kind of scared to mix sometimes, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's time to start putting all rap- that together. Yeah. Start, and, and just at least creating an environment where people just know that this is for them, mm-hmm. right? This is not, it's not for, for bankers or people who stalk you on LinkedIn yeah. offering you services yeah. and all that kind of stuff. You can be linked in with marketing and with LinkedIn. You can be linked in with all kinds no. of different people, can't you? Exactly. So this is this is just around, not just the events industry, it's around events, theatre, TV and film. Exactly, yeah. So it, it's uh, we haven't stretched as far as film at the moment. Okay. We're looking at sort of uh, live, live events and TV uh, and obviously a corporate and theatre fits into this all as well mm-hmm. uh, and then film film is something we we will look into but again it, it all the, the what we're trying to do is not sort of spread ourselves thin but actually find industries and things that can actually sort of link up well yeah yeah so again going back to what we said earlier about diversifying, diversifying a bit, that's right. well who w- wouldn't want to you know if you're sitting at home doing nothing you used to go and do you know sort of say live you know mm-hmm. do gigs they say well we need like a you know a lighting guy for for a bit of on-site tv which is happening at the moment actually a lot of a lot of sort of on, uh, road i can imagine lighting yeah. crew going on to doing film and tv at the moment because that's where the work is at well this could give you you know that kind of link to that as well and um yeah so that's that's that that's basically that's that's the ethos behind it and actually just kind of Although there's different types of membership, it's a level playing field. You know, it's just the the functionality access will be, you know, will be, and and to what your needs regarding to you know what it is that you want yeah. out of it. You know. So this app, <clears throat> the first batch, as we'll call it, is coming is launching soon. Yeah. You're inviting people. You're already inviting people now. Yeah. And then you're going to release it in batches as it comes. Mm-hmm. So when can we expect any jobs or anything to? post on there because of this current situation <laughs> so that's the million dollar question isn't yeah. it uh basically just to test so uh we're developing as we go so yeah. we've we've come up with a very good basic uh what they call in the industry an mvp a minimal viable product mm-hmm. so where you connect and you can post jobs and you can message so and and basically like looking at perfecting that and then moving building us ourselves onto that with regards to jobs uh we will try and uh basically get people to start posting jobs within the app once we, yep. you know we're all settled and do you have uh, any 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 clients clients as such mm-hmm. ready to offer services like that as it launches uh yes the, it will be sporadic and the the thing is is uh we're just going to um encourage them to post the jobs but the jobs will probably end up being to the, their circles and their bubbles. Of course, yeah. Right, so yeah. then we just encourage them to do it, try it out, and then just, we're basically, all we're doing is then perfecting perfecting you, the system as we go. So the idea right now is to get everyone, in, a lot of people in the same place, mm-hmm. and then to create the bubbles yeah. that you have. That's it. Because we've all got big bubbles, as so we've all got different bubbles, yeah. for TV, for film, for this touring crew, for rock, for pop, for exactly. country. You know, so it's about creating those bubbles right now. Exactly. And and the aim for the next, certainly for the next few months, is for people to get on board and then just kind of hit us with feedback. It's mm-hmm. like, what would you like to see? Because the idea was to create something that was organically built by the industry, not by what I think should happen yep. you know like or okay i had a vision for us to you know but it was all based on the the requirements of of its members mm-hmm. and what so what better way to actually sort of onboard people in the in the early days and actually just go look you know it's how it is this is what it does for now and then just help us out just saying okay well uh, uh, we have a, a live support chat where you can feedback uh, you know as to like what what you'd like to see and and then we can start talking to people which is super important building. any kind of feedback is super super important Absolutely. for you to develop a community as such exactly with that so when when a job does get posted mm-hmm. is there any kind of notifications that the fuppers the mother fuppers or anyone will get in there or is it 
just check the app every now and then? Or do you get a push notification? No, you get push notification. So the, the whole system is based on real live uh, push notifications. Great. So you will get, you will get, not only will you get a notification when a job is posted, you will, uh, because when you register, the jobs will be filtered to your field and expertise. So you will only get jobs that are relevant to you. Mm. You won't get if you're a sound guy. You won't get lighting which is jobs. Another anything. question I was going to ask, which we touched on earlier on, was mm-hmm. when you sign up to this app. Yeah, it gives you four, like up to four yeah. of things that you can sign up with. So myself was sound monitor engineer, sound front of house engineer, right. and you did have you did have brew maker on there, which I was quite disappointed. No, in. I make a can, I make a proper good brew being northern me. Wicked, yeah. I, we can add it on. So yeah, any anything any 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 field and expertise can be added on infinitely. That's so we, it. we'll do brew maker, yeah, brew maker. If you can add one that's like monitor engineer slash tech slash RF expert slash patch slash everything, that would be good as well. Because that's that seems to <laughs> be my everything. role at the moment. Yeah, whenever Just, I get a job, can yeah. you do this? Yeah, can you drive? No, I can't drive, but I can do this. So everything bar. Yeah, yeah. Vocal zone sprayer. That's it. Can you yeah. add that one? Yeah, that's it. That's it. So I'll do that. So that is FUP. So where can we find FUP? So FUP is available on uh, App Store and Google Play. Mm-hmm. Um, you can download the app. As I said, you can register, uh, and we will. Uh, you, you'll be notified. You know, we've got your registration, and then when we're ready, we can let you in. Basically, amazing is, is the kind of vibe. If you get a fat buddy invitation from uh, a supplier, and then suppliers, you know, we'll, we'll start you know, going around and uh, giving you access to the uh, the um, the invitations. We do that because we actually want to. We want to onboard supplies. We actually want to take them through the whole system and make sure they really understand, understand what's, what's going, going on because they're the, be the ones posting the job. So we just want to make sure that the responsibilities as well. What gets posted is fully your responsibility. Yep. You know, and you know, messaging and all that kind of stuff. And it's like what you know, the, the, you know, it's like what goes on in the club stays in the club mm-hmm. as well. So there's a discretion as to what gets posted on there and, and not to be shared and all that kind of stuff. It's all like T's and C's. And, so what's, uh, what's the website as well where we can find a little bit more information besides just the app? Yeah, website is, uh, if you just go on uh, me. I thought it was fuck me. Fuck me, yeah. What, <laughs> did you purposely do that? Yes. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the we I tried to, you know, with, with the thing, it's, I wanted something that re- resonated within the industry language yeah you know and yeah. which I w- as we know is you know oh you should have done it is what it is dot com then that's what you should have done yeah i mean there was other there was other there was other ideas it, it, it was originally called what's the gig you know there, there was other things right. but fub was like you know f- and then they all came to me it's like mother fuppers yeah fub, fub buddies and then when it came to the website uh some guy in the states has got uh fub.com which he wanted to yeah. you know wanted to sell for just a ridiculous amount of money and I was just like, no, and and it was it was meant to be fuck you, <laughs> but then I was just like dot dot me was kind of a slight, slight more slightly more uh, appropriate yeah. one. So I said, okay, let's go with it. So it's just like fuck, it's basically fuck dot me. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? Because and also like you know in our industry, this is how we this is you know we've got to have a laugh. And, you do, yeah. You know, it, it's 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 a pretty pretty intense life we have out there and you know since the beginning it was all about just you know you gotta have like banter and a bit of sense of humor and just a bit of something that just you know that, that differentiates you from working in an office you know as a banker or, or you know well you know let's let's take it into this a little bit further so thanks right. for talking about fup and the app and everything yeah. and the creation of it it's been really interesting to find right. out what's going on with it but thanks. the way you talked about humor there now we I suppose sound guys especially I know they can be a little bit grumpy sometimes <laughs> yeah. grumpy sound guys <laughs> yeah. but you know we, we all work no matter where you are in the life we're going to talk about the live touring industry yeah we are certainly masters of our craft we mm-hmm. try and work as hard as we can but at the same time as much as we work hard yeah. we tend to play hard as well mm-hmm. and we tend to have a lot of laughs in the crew room so one thing we want to do on weenie crew is we want to try and pull some stories from the road or some funny stories so have you got any funny stories that you might want to divulge us with so that <laughs> might make us laugh? That's not that's not too dirty, Stefano. No, I don't know about dirty. It was just I was sort of more like, uh, you know, there, there is some there is something that sprang to mind back in uh, when I used to, uh, I was on tour with Tool back in, I think it was like 2007. Mm-hmm. And we were doing Eastern Europe block 
And, you know, back then, you know, the whole sort of, you know, work hard, play hard was definitely still very much part of part I, of my life. I imagine know. working for Tool, you've got to work very hard. Yeah. <laughs> especially like just especially with the people I was, I was sharing the bus with, shall we say. <laughs> and uh, yeah, my just you know, and I d- d- Yes, all the, um, <laughs> all flash- the things that were going on. It was flashing back there, isn't it? It was flashing back. And I just remember there was this one night, I think we were in Serbia. We, we were going through the border between Serbia and Bosnia or something. you know. On a bus? On a bus, I bet yeah. that was a nice smooth ride, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, or somewhere, maybe it was Italy into, in, into and then we're going into Serbia or some, something like that. It was like, okay, basically our, our tour manager at the time, I think it was Craig Duffy, and... You know, it was just like, right, everyone, you know, going through a tough border, mm-hmm. just saying, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, make sure, you know, you've got everything that you need and then, you know, sort of dump everything that you don't need. Yeah, whatever you, know what you don't I mean. need, get rid of, please. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and and at the time, you know, we, as, as I said, we were just sort of doing our thing and, you know, sort of uh, making making the most out of actually, you know, living living the, the roadie life. And I think we finished loading out and, you know, packed everything away. And I had my, you know, I had my bag. And I think, you know, at some point, I think there must have, there must have been something in there, you know. And I just thought, I'm not taking any chances. So I just threw my bag into the, you know, into a flight case and then off you go. And then finished the loadout. It was out the back of the dock, you know, like just drinking like cocktails, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever with a band. It was all very cool. And then everyone's like, right, on the bus. Everyone got, what you know, everyone cool, everyone in have you all got your passports? No oh dear. And I that you know that I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure everyone's had this. It's that mortifying feeling yep. of like where just all the blood drains out of you. Yeah. And I could see in the corner of my eye there was Stardy's uh trucks and they were literally just oh, pulling roll, rolling away. out. <laughs> and I could see it was Becky. Becky, I remember so well, and I literally just went on drink and I fucking legged it all the way down the path, like waving my arms and going, fucking like that. <laughs> and then they stopped the trucks. And then literally, it was one of the most humiliating. And I'm sure, we, you know, th- th- there's more horror stories than this, but we've had to open the, do- the truck doors, unload oh, about a quarter Jesus of the Christ. truck, no, get no. to my bag. And it was literally, it was one of the most, one of the humbling mortifying yeah and then just the shit i got for have the you rest forgot of the it since? <laughs> have you forgot that passport since i did you no i haven't no 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 god no you say you didn't learn no yeah yeah so uh yeah and that's that that's bro life you know like there's uh, uh, i'm terrible at remembering stories or even jokes there's, but there's one that that's one that stuck into my head and, there's, uh, there, is, there is quite a lot of that sometimes when you even when you get on the road and you get there and you're like right i'm gonna go to bed Oh, not got my toothbrush. But Just as simple as that. But like a passport, you've got they're the rules, man. Right. And, you've got and your phone, you've got your money, you've got a passport. You're right. Luckily, we did. Cause like then, you know, five in the morning, it was like blokes with like machine guns oh, no. going through the bus and like, and and at the time, there was, I think like Craig was trying to get Justin, the bass player, who'd climbed up a tree. Yeah, you know, like you know, like he just got <laughs> everyone else got enough shit to do yeah, yeah, you, know? yeah. like, you don't want to be the knobhead that just goes oh, right. especially being a crew guy as well you can be like oh you're that guy yeah. you're that guy right now guy. we uh i once went over to canada I was in niagara falls right. and we decided to go for a pint in canada and we went with our passport oh, i've got passports on us let's go yeah and uh one of the one of the techs went with his second passport for some reason with right. no visa in it right. so when we tried to come back to america they were like can we see your visas we're like yeah no problem there you go pal Excuse me, sir. Where's yours? And this guitar tech's like, "Oh no, Fuck. I brought the wrong one." And we're just like, "It's like it's like two, three, four in the morning or something." We're like, "Oh god, we don't need this. The show's in a couple of hours." Luckily, we got him in. Yeah. He, he was a fan. Of, when he found out who the band we were working for was, the guy was like, "Oh my god, you work for those?" And let us back him. But <laughs> you have to nab, like drop him a few t-shirts, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. A brown envelope. You know, it's just that squeaky bomb time, isn't it? Like every time <laughs> you don't want that, you're like, you've got to then tell the production. So what what did you do last night, lads? Well, basically. <clears throat> went to Canada why'd you go to Canada there's bars here well we just fancied it you know <laughs> why not we can just say we, went, we nipped over to Canada yeah. unlucky guitar text sorry mate guitar text stuck over there now yeah yeah give us a long lead <laughs> <laughs> that's a great little story though with that so one thing that Weenie Crew really really want to do yeah if we want to ask 
all our interviewees mm -hmm. for a nomination for a Hall of Famer. And what do we mean by a Hall of Famer? Someone who over time you can look back and say, oh, that guy or that girl or that person has kind of either influenced you, has either got a great story to live with you or it's one of them, like there's a guy that I know that I think a lot of people know and he's an, Amer he's an American guy and he, he turns up at all the festivals What's in his America. Name? His name's Kenny. Big tall Kenny, long silver hair, mm -hmm. and he is a guy that's like, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a lion if you don't know him. Yeah. But then if you go and talk to him, he's actually a bit of a pussycat. And I don't mean that, Kenny. I don't mean you're a pussycat. Don't hurt me. <laughs> but he's a I lovely. Don't care he, until you see him next time. Oh yeah, like, so so, so kind of. So it's 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 about highlighting someone who's always been good to you or yeah. who's always got you through something. So is there anyone that you would like to nominate for the Weenie Crew Hall of Fame? Uh yeah. There's literally there's one person that sticks out you know more than anyone else and unfortunately it's it, it, it's someone that's no longer with us and mm -hmm. hasn't been for uh for about 10 years now and he was a good friend and he was what it was one of my mentors uh and which helped me massively throughout my career as a young lad as you know starting when i started at intake all the way through uh that person is john roden okay i don't know if you i, I don't him. know i'm not aware so of john roden was one of the top uh british monitor engineers um from i mean he, he started so around the 80s uh, and then all the way through the 90s. I mean, when I met him, he was monitor engineer for Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson, Annie Lennox. Just a few small Ozzy names. Osborne uh, and Black Sabbath. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. just... Uh, yeah. And then, you know, I'm David Cassidy. That's <laughs> 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 what we ended up doing, first thing we ended up doing together, <laughs> you know. and But that was, that was John. And John has been an influential person for many, many people in the industry, for, for the ones who remember him. Uh, he was a northerner. I think he was from Warrington. Oh, right, yeah. Madaka watch nearly. Yeah, and um, he was just a, a super lovely guy, uh, just a complete inspiration he was just so grounded mm -hmm. uh and you know he was a big name you know like and um and just always had time for especially like us kids you know <laughs> us yeah, kids yeah. Now. <laughs> feels a bit weird you know like but back then that's what we were and and uh, uh he always had time to uh basically show us you know it's it's not just about that the main lessons were it's not just about the job, the technical ability and him being a monitor engineer. And then me, by, by default, ended up being a monitor engineer, actually. But I actually took his lessons and what the, the most important lesson I took with him is just like, your job is not just twiddling knobs. 100%, mate. Yep. It's going, having the report, setting up the report with the artist. That's right. And it could be as important, actually. Especially being a monitor engineer. Especially yep. being a monitor exactly. engineer. We, you know... I've always said 50-50 in, in life, in, in our career, it's 50% ability, 50% personality. Exactly. But being a monitor engineer, you have to connect with that artist and they have to know that when they've got the guitar swinging around their head or whatever they're doing, like Pink swinging from a bloody yeah. thing up in, in the rafters, got to know that you've got the back. Exactly. So it's a lot of that, yeah. And it, uh, you know, and that's the thing is, because then you, you learn their language and how they talk and they feel comfortable and they feel comfortable telling you things, you know, because then you don't want to hear you know, hearsay whispers from, you know, through management, you want to direct, you want to have that direct approach and that direct report. And he used to, he used to be a master of that. I mean, like he said, when he do Black Sabbath, he'd said, you know, okay, you go to like Giza, you know, a couple of it, just hello. Yeah. Tommy, maybe like spend about five minutes. Ozzy, it'd spend up to an hour with talking. So you go to all the dressing rooms and all and then when they're on stage, you you know you've 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 already you, you've got that kind of. It's not just you're you're the person behind the desk. Yep. You're just kind of part part of the process because you're effectively their tech. You know, it's especially 100%. for singers. You know, yep. they've just got you. They haven't got a tech with them, so you're kind of you know the the the, the point of. Uh, and then he used to have that. He said, "Then no, you can still make mistakes." And that was the thing he said, like just never hide a mistake. No. Always put oh, your hand up. Oh, even if you got, if you had a squeak, and he said, like, even when he was working with McCartney, you know, it'd be like it, something would happen. Or he'd do a cock up, and it'd be like straight away, like hand up, and he'd look over, you know, like and uh, you know, just like roll his eyes back. But he said, you know, yep. it, it it was noticeable. It was just like, wow, well, shit happens because you've got you've got that report. And he'd even have, you know, he was he, he was he was cheeky as well. Mm. <laughs> 
and he, and it didn't it didn't matter who the the turn was. I think his his best story was they were doing a, a festival in in Rio, I think, and it was uh, stipulation of Maco is just like never go never go on stage if there was any water on stage. Sure, obviously you know maybe he was scared of falling over. He's had a, in, an incident, whatever. Yeah, basically, like, and um, doing this thing in Rio, it had rain. There was a bit of water on stage, but he still he comes up. And uh, he turns to John and he just goes, uh, John, bit bit of water on stage there, mate. And John turns around and goes, yeah, and I heard you can walk on it. <laughs> 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 I think this story was told at his funeral. Oh, amazing. Who, whoever the production manager was at the time in front of Maka, who turned up at his funeral, right. by the way. And so John is... By far, he should be for me the the first one of, the, if not the first, one of the first people to go in the rock in the. That is that is a fantastic nomination, and yeah. uh, thank you for telling us that because I'm sure everyone listening to that is going to be quite enthralled. I was I was looking deep into your eyes. Yeah. I could feel I could honestly feel the love that you have for that person, and it's fun. It's just fantastic hearing little stories like that, yeah. and, and then you ended it so perfectly with a walking on water. That's yeah. fantastic. Have you thought about this? Did you did you think about this before I even got it? Uh, it, it kept, well, when when you mentioned the, the, the Hall of Famer, straight away, John. Yeah. Straight away, it was, uh, and uh, and I'm still in touch with uh, Noreen, his ex partner, who uh, partner who's uh, head of Entex um, Sound and Lighting. Oh right, and, okay. You know, and they were kind of, uh, I mean, it, it's hard to explain. They were kind of like my my professional parents yeah. at the time, you know. Yeah. Like I was like a young lad in my early twenties, you know. I didn't really know what I was doing, you know, like like most of us. And even Barbara, uh, the 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 head of uh, the head of Entech, who's been around since Marquee Club, she said even John was like when he first started, he's like didn't know anything. And they just it's always nice to have that kind of like sort of a, um, kind of a reference point and mentoring. And I think when I think about these people, it's just like, yes, it's, it's real kind of, it's very, very personal. It's, it, yeah, it does. It does seem very personal as yeah, well. And it's just it great to pull for an experience of that. And hopefully John's words still ring in your ears now about the experiences that he's had <laughs> yes. and the little, and the way you can treat people. And I think that's yes. the most important thing. Absolutely. And it's something that needs to be passed along yeah, the various generations. It's one thing that a textbook will never teach you that. Yeah. You can sit down and, and go through your textbook and hopefully you get a job in the music industry as such, but having that experience of just having someone above you teaching you those little little tricks yeah. at the same time is fantastic. Yeah. So Stefano, we're going to wrap it up now. Thank you so much Great. for chatting to us Thanks here on We Need Crew. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Em. No problem. Make sure that you yourself also check out We Need Crew. I will do. And Absolutely. Thank it's you great, for chatting to us. Yeah, it's a great initiative, and yeah, I'll be you know be shouting it from the rooftops, and and it's yeah, so it's, it's such a cool thing to to start up. Fantastic, great. thanks, Stefano, and everyone, please check out fup dot me. Well, I'll just say fup me, it's better into <laughs> fup me. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get wrong. <laughs> thanks for listening to episode two of the Weenie Crew podcast. Make sure you check us out on all the socials, which is at Weenie Crew, and the website weeniecrew.co.uk. We're releasing new episodes every Friday, so get us subscribed.